Everybody's got a to-do list, dropping off dry cleaning, picking up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance, extra money in your pocket. It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. Plus, they have the funniest TV commercials, so that's got to count for something, folks. Now, Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio. A downloadable Cars and Coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Spike's... All right, we got to wait a second. Hey, Suckerman, come on. I want to start the fucking show. Be a piece of shit. Please, quiet okay. until okay. I talk to you. Everybody. No, you don't have to do headphones if you don't want to do it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Spike's Car Radio. Happy Wednesday. Here we are in the Beverly Hills studio. I've left a seat open for you, the listener. We've got a great show for you, but, you know, we're recording today on a, uh, a Friday, and it's a rainy Friday. And, and here in L.A., you know, we, we get so excited about the rain because it only rains once a year. And, and, you know, people get really excited about wearing that raincoat. You go into your closet on a day like today, and you, you get that raincoat on. And that raincoat has been with you for, I don't know, like 20 years because you only wear it once a year. And then if you're me... You go out into the driveway and you get really excited to drive your SUV with a cold weather package. And that's what I did today. I hopped into my Range Rover Sport and I pressed the button on the steering wheel that heats up the steering wheel. I pressed the seat heaters and boy, I just jammed down Sunset. I put on that Spotify New Music Friday and, you know, it's... It's still full of crappy new songs. There's not a good song on that list, but there were two. Spotify, if you're listening, New Music Friday, if there's no good new music, I want that list reduced to like five songs, maybe three. Don't give me 50 bad songs, all right? But anyway, I'm still in a good mood. I know it sounds like I'm getting in a bad mood, but I'm in a, I'm in a little bit thrown off by the Spotify New Music Friday. But I took that Range Rover, and I was so cozy, just driving out. I was hitting every puddle, just splashing shit all over the place. And uh, I arrived here at the studio, and we've got a great show for you today. I'm here with uh, Ben Clymer from Hodinky.com. Ben, good to see you, my friend. And you, sir. He's based in New York. He runs um, Hodinky.com. If you're near a computer, you should go there right now. I liked how you guys describe your watch site. It's uh, watch wristwatch stories, reviews, and... Do you do you not and, and, the way and it comes up on Google? It's not sales. Okay. I put that in the little thing, but um, this site is the premier watch site for watch guys, right? It's we, the place that I go to for information and reviews. And Ben, you know, for lack of a better description, is my watch uh, matchmaker. He's the guy <laughs> that I call. Uh, for information about watches before I make a move, because he know he seems to know everything about them. But Ben, you know, thank you for coming in today. It's it's my pleasure. What absolutely. are you doing here? Why are you here in LA? Because I know you're based in New York. Yep. So we're based in New York. We, we are out here with a full squad of about nine people from the team, and we are shooting several episodes of Talking Watches. Uh, we're hosting a few events, wow. uh, a few meetups, things like that, and just seeing some friends. Uh, you know, we are so kind of New York centric. Uh, it's good to get out here on the West Coast every now and then to to see some and, some and Talking Watches. Yes. So. When you go to you go to this site, right? All right, there's the there's the shop button that's mm-hmm. got the great straps. Yeah, it's got the great old watches mm-hmm. that seem to you know like a few sites that I follow. Is it Bulang and Sons? Yep. These watches, the second they go up, before you as you see them, they're sold. <laughs> they're that's exactly gone. right. That's the they're beauty of gone, watches, right? And then you've got you seem to have access in the watch world that that everybody dreams of. You seem to be at every single. Are there premieres for these new watches, or how there does are. it how does it work? Do they call you up in the middle of the night and go, we have something special? And We, we get a lot of those phone calls, a lot of those texts and WhatsApps. There are uh, trade shows like Geneva Auto Show or LA Auto Show. Mm-hmm. Puzzle World is the big one. That's where Rolex and Paddock preview all their new stuff. It's where all the retailers and decide that, to, to buy everything. That's Basel World. Correct, Basel World Okay, Basel, Switzerland. I always see that word, and that's a once a year. <laughs> well, I, well, I don't know because I didn't it know. place. You would know this, Zuckerman, the um, – the thermometer. Is it the basal thermometer? What's the thermometer they'd put up your ass when you were a kid? It's called rectal. <laughs> that's, that's called a rectal but, thermometer. But the, uh, the, the medical term for it, the basal thermometer? 
That I sounds right. So. It, right. And so, but this is Basel World. Correct. Correct. Right. Okay. In Basel, Switzerland. And, and that's a week-long event? It's, or? About, it's about 10 days. Uh, you see around 300,000 people attend. Uh, they have around, or they used to have anyway, around 1,000 brands that would participate, watch brands, jewelry brands, et cetera. Uh, losing some steam these years as, as trade shows just become a little bit antiquated uh, with right. the internet. Right. Uh, but still very important. And again, all the retailers that you buy your watches from, they all travel there to make their purchases for the year. Right. Uh, so the entire year is where the business is done in those 10 days. So how many watches, new models are rolled out every year? Do, do all it's, the brands roll new? <laughs> it's absolutely disgusting. Everybody brings out uh, dozens and dozens of new SKUs. Watches are now being treated as if it's fashion, where it's like, you know, there's this season is the color is blue. Next season, the color is red. Uh, watches are trying to or really adopting that, uh, I think, for the worse. Uh, you know, if you look at the watch that you're wearing and the watch that we're wearing, which are all Rolexes, as it happens, uh, you know, they, they barely change anything every year. And that's why Rolex wow. is Rolex. So let's talk about what we're wearing. I see Zuckerman is wearing his reference 116500, okay. new Daytona, black, beautiful. Mm-hmm. You are wearing that new Daytona right there. What is, which one is that? So this is very similar to, to Paul's uh, Daytona, but this is white gold. Uh, and so this Ooh. came out just this past year, white gold on an Oyster Flex strap. Uh, it is one of those watches that nobody needs at all. Right. Uh, but it's just so cool. Because white gold. Nobody white knows gold. it's white gold, right? Like so you end up paying $40,000 more for a watch everybody thinks is stainless steel. It, that's exactly it. That's and you know, you can see what I'm wearing here. And it looks awesome. Right. Yeah, it's a day-date. That's the day-date in yellow gold. Now, you know, watch. this is from Crown & Caliber, mm-hmm. my friends there, and they're le- letting me use it for the month. Mm-hmm. And I've been experimenting with this yellow gold watch because, yep. you know, I'm very... I'm from Massachusetts. I'm very uncomfortable with this yellow gold idea unless I retire. I was taught when you retire, you get the gold watch, right? Yeah. Zuckerman, probably you too, right? Uh, 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 20 years. Remember, imagine that. After 20 years, how long have you been in, in right. show business? What, 24. Okay, you get your gold watch. <laughs> so I get my gold watch, but you're right. It was 20 years. That's all it took. Because you're right? going to die like two years after die. that. Now, I'm, I'm getting, you know, in most of the places I go, people are rolling their eyes at me. But what's interesting about this watch, I will tell you, is people notice it. They sure do. I catch people. This is one of the few watches I've worn where I catch people looking down at my wrist. Yeah. Or, yeah. or my dick. I'm not sure what they're <laughs> looking at, but I'm going to guess that it's my wrist. And is that... Is that what people are – do Do, do uh, watch guys get off on that? Is that? I think a little bit. I mean, the, the yellow gold day date is is really in a category unto itself. I mean, this is that, – that watch right there kind of single-handedly turned watches from functional kind of like useful tools right. into status symbols. And that was you know, in uh-huh. the late 70s when, during the courts crisis, which I'm, I'm sure you guys have heard of. Uh, and so it was really the yellow gold day date that was not a popular seller at all for Rolex. It was really like a, a gentleman's watch uh, until the 70s when all of a sudden it became like a status symbol. Uh, and then the, the yellow gold day date persisted as the I, I, really iconic uh, status-filled watch. Now, how do you feel about men wearing yellow gold? I love it. I do it all. I, I fucking love it. I really do. Uh, I'm really Stay, stay close days, to yeah. that mic. Uh, why? Tell, it's, it, it's tell, it, tell us why. So the thing is, like, for watches Stay for right, me... Stay right... Talk right into it, Dad. Yes, I just want to make sure uh, you have it. So watches for me are, are really about kind of escaping reality in some way and just kind of, like, pretending okay. to, to live a life that, that you might not be able to live yourself. Uh, and so watches are just about having fun, just like cars are, honestly. And so when you put on a yellow gold Rolex or yellow gold paddock or some crazy old thing, you really get to kind of pretend and, and live a life that, that, that you might not be living, actually. It's, it's just about fun. And I think, like, what we do with Hodinkee is all about making people enjoy this hobby. And there's so many people out there that are so aggressive about selling and you know so kind of um, you know almost adversarial with, with clients when they sell stuff we try to do the opposite and realize that like watches for most of our readers are a reprieve they're, they're a, a relaxation point you know if you're a doctor a lawyer in entertainment anything you go into Hodinkee and you want to have fun you don't want to get you know nerded out about about stuff or you want you don't want to get nervous about things uh, so we want to make everything fun and and with that you know wearing a yellow gold or platinum or white gold watch is just fun it's stupid it makes no I sense. think yellow gold is way more fun than the other two it no, is. again nobody knows what platinum and, and white gold is, you know what car I just thought of of yours when he just said so eloquently about having fun with a watch? Do you know what car? Tell me. 300 SL. Exactly. <laughs> where you get to. And, and I never, where you, I you love, put on that, you put right. on that guy you want right. to be, but, you're, we know, but deep down you know I'm not I, that guy. Yeah, for I sure thought, not that guy. Yeah. I thought the analysis was great. I never quite saw it that way, but the reason I have been repelled by yellow gold is that it stood for something <laughs> that I never thought I could attain being an East Coast Jew. It was the country club guy's watch where Ah, I felt mm. excluded. And now he explained to me why I I retreat from yellow gold. And now I can put it on and I can be that guy. Okay, mission accomplished. Mr. Wilson. I will be Colonel Wilson. (laughs) Wait, you're Jewish? (laughs) Um, 
let's let's talk about hodinky. Okay. W- what does that word mean? Yes. Every, it's something everyone wants to know. We want to know. And by the way, I have a ton of questions to ask you. The fans were very excited that you were coming on, so Great. we're going to get to those too. But let's start with that one. Yeah. So hodinky. I mean, you know the story a little bit, but hodinky. There was no business plan. It was really just like I, I used to work in finance. I used to work at UBS, and I fucking hated it. Uh, and I was there in 2008 when finance went kind of straight through the floor. Uh, and my boss said, "Look, you got to come in every day. We don't want to lay you off. Come in every day and just." bide your time. So at the time, I had one nice watch that was given to me by my grandfather, Jewish grandfather. He gave me an Omega. And uh, I started writing about my Omega. Uh, and then I started writing about other watches. And I just realized that I needed a domain. I needed a domain that was kind of like irreverent and kind of goofy. And at the time, the only watch websites that were online were, were gray market or fake watch sellers. So like luxury bazaar. Like really, like, you know, Rolex.com barely existed at that time, which tells you a lot about the country Switzerland. Right, right. Uh, so I just, I Google translated wristwatch into about 25 different languages. And I thought Hodinkee was kind of like the dumbest. <laughs> to be honest, like kind of the goofiest, and just went with it. And but what it, language is it? It's Czech. Czech. So Hodinky with a, a Y on the end is Czech. <laughs> yeah. so there you go. Oh, a Hodinky. Hodinky. Uh, I'm wearing my Hodinky, Zuckerman. Uh, is that really what it is? So they really walk it? around with their Hodinkies? They do, but with a Y instead of a double E. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, and, so and I you went just with that. made it your own. Just made it wow. my own. And the thing is, like, I, again, there was like, I never thought I would be here. I never thought I would make a dime doing this. It was just something to goof off at work with, you know? Uh, and so that's it. I didn't give it a second thought. And now here we are, like, literally <laughs> 10 years later. Yeah. Hodinky. Hodinky. <laughs> Now I'm gonna I'm gonna use that word for wearing my yellow gold hodinky Zuckerman. Is that even a good Czech accent? What no, the that would, you like? were doing Scandinavian, but it does, <laughs> it doesn't who matter. knows what a Czech accent is? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know we've got so much to get through here. There's a lot to get through, but um, let's stick with watches for a little bit. All right, um, because uh, I called you not long ago, and if you've uh, I believe we've covered this on the podcast, the Vic Elford. Uh, Daytona, right? Mm-hmm. Very. That in 1968, Vic Elford won uh, the Daytona 24-hour race in a 907 long tail, um, beating the GT40. And it was the first uh, overall win for Porsche in a 24-hour race, right? Very significant car. Absolutely Our correct. rich comedian friend from New York bought the car and was offered the watch, which he promptly turned down for about, what, fifteen or $20,000. That's what and you I, told me. Yeah. And I, you know, I was all over him. As you should be. All over them. you got to get that watch. I don't like Rolex, Mike. It's too. Just a bunch of stupidity coming out of his mouth. A year later, offered the watch for $50,000. The guy called him. He said, you should really buy this. He's like, I can't get my head around wearing a Rolex, Mike. I said, Jerry, you're a moron. Buy this thing. It's going to be worth a fortune. The watch was offered to him a third time at $150,000. Mm-hmm. Now, this is uh, years later, maybe two years ago, I guess. At Amelia. Yeah. I, I said, look, guilt them into giving it to you for 100 but get that watch yeah. at all costs. Because it's worth it. I go, it's going to be worth it, right? So he bought the watch, yeah. right? And listeners have heard this story. He had some trouble bringing it into the country because his guy looked at and saw the word oyster bracelet and decided to send it in through fish and game. Right. And it got that, held that up actually there. happened, right? That actually yeah. happened. Yeah. No joke. <laughs> <laughs> and then when the watch arrived, it was in, uh, I believe the watch had been restored once, but you can tell me about the history of the watch. But yeah. it was kind of a mess. The crystal was all carved up. And yep. he threw, Jerry threw his famous shit fit and was like, I can't believe I wasted this money on this piece of shit. I will never wear it. What was the Quotes it will never see the light of day. It will day. never see the light of day. He's furious. <laughs> the billionaire is furious. Ah, I lost my gum money for five minutes. How will I get another 150? Oh, wait, I'm fine. Um, and I called you. Yes. I called you. And um, what what happened from there? Did Jerry call you up or yeah. did one of his people call you up? Take us through what happened. So I, I spoke with Jerry on the phone. And by the way, you knew what the watch was I right did, away. Yes. I, I loved what you said right away. You said, is this watch in circulation? Yeah. And I said, yeah, this this guy's bitching and moaning about it. But <laughs> yeah, he bought it. He yeah. has it. Can you believe it? How amazing is that? So what, what happens from that point on? So fr- from that, I, I, I hop on the phone with Jerry and he kind of gives me the, 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 the same spiel and says, you know, I've got this thing. He's He was, he was I think, kind of upset. By, by the condition of the watch. And he said, how can, how can we make this thing better? The thing is, the watch wasn't in that bad a shape. It had, you know, replacement hands, uh, which right. is, is normal for a Rolex service. It had right. a later crystal. Like, really kind of simple stuff. It needed a service. Uh, so I just, I, I kind of talked him, him through and said, look, like, we can make, down. yeah, we can talk, talk him down a little bit. But you were, but you're, but you know what to touch and what not to touch to I keep do. this watch significant. Exactly so right. what, what were those things? What did you see when you saw that watch and what did you recommend and what did you do? Yeah, so the, the biggest thing for me were, were the hands. Uh, so with the hands, those, these were obvious service hands. Uh, and so 
what we did is we sourced a pair of original 1960 style hands, which look very similar to the, the service. So hands. Rolex, at some point, Vic Elford gives the watch back to Rolex, and yep. they put different hands on it. Yeah. Service hands. Yeah. So so instead of having uh, tritium, these hands actually had superluminova, so they really glowed when you when you shone a light, I a see, a light I on see. it. And what, which Daytona is it? What reference? It's a six two three nine from about nineteen sixty eight. So pump pusher, okay. black dial, right. small Daytona. It's beautiful. It's watch a treasure. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, and you know the, the story that goes with it. I mean, as we saw later this this past year with Paul Newman's watch. You know, if you have a Daytona with a story behind it, it goes bonkers. You know, just right. crazy. Uh, yes. And this, I had never, I knew of this watch. I knew that it should exist, but I didn't know where it was or anything like that. And it is still, I would say, up until this moment, probably pretty clandestine. Like, most people don't know that there is a Vic Elford, now Jerry Seinfeld, <clears throat> Daytona. Right. Uh, but there is. And you can Google it. If you're near a computer, Google, uh, Google Vic Elford Daytona. It's 68, and you'll see a picture of him yep. with this big cheese-eating grin, and yeah. he's holding the watch open, and there it is. And, uh... So you replace the hands. Yep. What? Why does Daytona do that? Like I have that uh, Daytona six two six three with a right. service dial, right? right? They took off the original dial at some point, and I have the service dial, and that ruins the value of the watch. It, it does, and uh, Rolex is. Should not... I get an original dial for it? Honestly, and... you probably should. I mean, it would double the value of the watch. So, uh, well, and <laughs> what is that going to cost me? In probably original... fifteen to twenty thousand dollars. Really? Uh, yeah, just it's a the... big red, so it's yeah, probably yeah. Not fifteen twenty thousand. But wow. all of a sudden, you can just add that right into the value of the watch. Really? Uh, so I would probably do it. The re- the reason Rolex does it, and I don't think a lot of people that aren't that close to the brand get it. All they want is for stuff to work the best. And right. what's going to work the best is a brand new dial with Superluminova, Superluminova hands. They're going to polish the case. They're going to make it look brand new. You know, Rolex is in the business of making tools. Even though they do make yellow gold watches as well, they want everything to work as well as possible. Right, That's why they right. replace everything. So <clears throat> you replace the hands. Mm-hmm. New crystal? Did you polish the crystal? The, we didn't polish the crystal. We, we took it off. It was a flat top crystal, uh, which is totally common and totally normal thing. Uh, but to me, for this watch, considering its, its history and, and the owner, uh, I wanted to find a Superdome 21, which is the, the, the proper Superdome crystal for a, an early Daytona, which took forever. <laughs> but, but we found one. It was honestly rather expensive for a piece of plastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. it makes a total difference. And when we gave the watch back to Jerry, he was like, the crystal is everything. <clears throat> and it really is. It changes the entire profile of the watch. It's like when we replaced the windshield mm-hmm. in the 87, Correct. right? So Jerry, <clears throat> when he's out here, he wears that watch. He puts it on yep. just for us. When we drive out to Malibu, and mm-hmm. he, he's like, it doesn't do anything for me, but I know you guys enjoy it. <laughs> and we all wear it while we drink coffee and it is a stunning stunning piece it is and and there have been moments that we're sitting at bill's out on the porch there and you know i remember when he first got it, he didn't even wear it he just left it in the box and we would we would just go in and get coffee and he would just leave it sitting on the table out there and i'm like what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) your little pile of money was there it is a million dollar watch it's safe to say that his investment is going to yield a profit, wouldn't you say? I, I would say so. I mean, th- this is uh, a f- you know a clear kind of segue of of, uh, of ownership. So we know exactly that this was Vic Alford's watch. Yes. We've got documentation from Rolex. Now that people know that it's Jerry Seinfeld's watch, I think the value increases even more because they know how great of a collector he is in the motorsport era, yes, uh, motorsport realm. Uh, I would say the investment is safe. You know, this is not Paul Newman's Paul Newman for sure, right? Uh, but I mean, this is a six figure watch all day long. Yeah, and well. I don't know. I would go seven figures on this one. You're this is seven? Porsche's first win sure. in a 24-hour race. It and this is the watch that was awarded for that yep. win. You know, you send yep. it to Phillips Auction. Here's here's the big does, question. Does it stay with the car or does it That's go? That's where I was going, Zuckerman. Exactly. It's got to stay with the car, in my opinion. You think so? I do. You I mean, would it, sell these things? Because I had, I had an argument with someone the other day that uh, I'm not sure that the race car buyer is also a watch guy. That the, the race car buyer might go, I'm going to buy that car and I want the watch too. Yeah. But right. if they don't <clears throat> understand how much that watch could be worth, that's the thing. Right. But, you know, it's, if you're making money, aren't you sending that watch to Phillips Auctions and then promoing it? It's, and it's maybe. with the watch guys. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I think it's possible, but but as we all know, and as somebody who follows kind of both worlds, <clears throat> the, the car guys have a lot more money than the watch guys. You know, so they do? Really? oh, absolutely. Really? I mean, think about the average like top lot in in a Gooding sale. You know, what is it, ten, fifteen million? Yeah. You know, we've had one watch that broke that that, that number in you know in history. Right. Uh, and so the 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 people that that are buying vintage Ferraris, really high end Porsches, are, I tend to think are, are much more in tune with spending real money than 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 watch guys. Oh, I mean, so up until, you have to tap into both worlds. Yeah, you have to. I mean, yeah. honestly, up until yeah. three years ago, we had never broken a million dollars for with a Rolex. Up until, I'm sorry, four years ago, 2014. Right. Uh, and think about that. I mean, now we break them, you know, break a million every season, but it's 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 not a common thing to spend that much money on any watch. Wow. There you go. Yeah. All right. We'll be back with more Ben Clymer in a minute. Do you know who Kimball Musk is? Well, you probably recognize the last name. That's Elon's brother, and he's just announced he's giving away his personal and fully customized Model Three Tesla for charity. 
By partnering with Omaze, the online fundraising platform, one lucky person is going to win the sixth Model 3 Tesla ever made, courtesy of Mr. Musk. And this is the Model 3, so it has everything from voice-activated controls, Wi-Fi, LTE connectivity, premium audio system, LED fog lamps, long-range battery, even taxes are covered, too. What a deal. You can enter for as little as $10. Proceeds will benefit Big Green, Kimball's own initiative to provide healthier futures to kids through learning gardens and food literacy programs. A winner is randomly selected. To enter, visit omaze.com backslash spike. That's my name. That's O-M-A-Z-E dot com backslash spike. Omaze is a really great find. Check out their other experiences while you're there. They've got one with William Shatner, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and more. Don't forget to use the promo code spike to double your chances of winning on any of these. And rest easy knowing that even if you aren't the lucky winner, it's all for a good cause. Hey, podcast listener, this is Rob Sisternino. I'm the Rob, and Rob has a podcast, and the new season of Survivor is just getting started, and we've got new episodes for you five days a week. Join us for interviews with your favorite past Survivor players in this season's losers right after they get their torch snuffed. Listen free to Rob Has a Podcast, exclusively available on Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and the Podcast One app. And if you like the show, why not share it with a friend or leave us a rating and review on iTunes? You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. All right, we're back with uh, Ben Clymer from Hodinky.com at the Real Zuckerman. Let's uh, let's talk Zagato. Um, boy, what was it about a year ago? Yeah, I got a message from Zagato, and I know you got a message from Zagato yeah. in Milan, mm-hmm. and they uh, they said we are building the 356 Coupe Zagato. Um, the original proposal of Carrozzeria. Zagato. Mm-hmm. Carrozia. How do we say that? I, I don't know. Carrozzeria, maybe? Carrozzeria. Carl Abarth, when the latter was seeking advice for making a lighter and more aerodynamic competition version of the 356 with Porsche. Ugo Zagato, the founder of the Atelier, provided Abarth with two drawings. And unfortunately, Zagato's 356 remained only on paper for many years. So they were going to make this car with Porsche in 59, and they decided not to. Yep. As the story went, the final series of the GTL were bodied by Motto and Turin, with production beginning in January 1960 and ending in September 1961. And that was the Abarth career, right? That's right. The, the one we were driving last week with Jerry. Uh, well, guess what? Zagato, uh, thanks to Porsche, is going to build this car. They're going to build nine of them, and two of them are right here in this room. And this is true. And I... Uh, you're getting one. Yep. Uh, Zuckerman and I are partnered on one. Yep. And I was talking to Zagato just yesterday, oh, yeah? those folks, going back Paolo. and forth. Paolo, my friend Paolo. Hello, <laughs> Dr. Paolo. Paolo. Dr. Paolo. Is he is he Dr. Paolo? Oh, he's a doctor he engineer. Is, he is a doctor. He is a doctor, doctor engineer. That's yes. right. Dottore. And I said, Paolo, in an email, I said, Paolo, how many of these cars are coming to the United States? Do you know? I don't know. I know. We guessed. Know. What was my guess? Correct. I don't know what your guess was. But I said five. Two. It's just us, boys. Really? We Congratulations, have... Climber. <laughs> the only two cars coming to the United States, one on the East Coast. Indeed. And Zuckerman, we're holding down the West Coast. That's amazing. The other cars are going... Uh, one's going to Holland. One's going to Switzerland. One's going to Denmark. Another's going to Italy. Well, now he's repeating these. Let's see. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Holland, Holland. That's two. Switzerland, Switzerland, that's four. Denmark, Italy, Monaco, that's seven. And USA, USA. Look at that. So we, we really do have something special coming. We right? own the market in the United States. Now, your, your build is a little ahead of ours. Yeah. Because yeah. our guys, they, we, they we're number disapp- seven, right? We're number seven. That's what do the you, one so I have. We're, we're, I'm car number nine, uh, but I think uh, I placed the order a little bit before. Really? He got nine. I got number nine. Well, Playing you did games. You did place it before yeah. because I passed on it. Yep. Famously passed on it. <laughs> and I, told, I called this guy. Yeah. I called Jerry. I said, come on, guys. Let's do this. Yeah. Nobody was interested. <clears throat> they talked me out of it. And then Zuckerman and I were flying in a Monterey, and in uh, Panorama, they did a whole piece on yep. it. And I looked at the pictures, and I went, oh, my God, Zuckerman, look at this. What have we done? It's insane. And Zuckerman said, call them right now. <laughs> They're going to give it to you. And I, before we landed, I was emailing him. Before we landed, yeah. Paolo was nice enough to go, I'll, I'll give you the car. I yeah. had promised it to somebody else. We have a waiting list, yeah. but you can have it. 
It should be an amazing thing. It, it really is. And the, the story for me is that I so I have a, a Lancia Flaminia Zagato, uh, mm-hmm. which is just a beautiful car. And I was going I was going to Basel World actually. And last year they did this huge exhibition of all the Zagato historic cars in Basel. And somebody from Zagato was nice enough to meet me there and give me a little private tour of, wow. of the Zagato thing. And I've always wanted a Zagato mm. car built for myself. Uh, hard to do, obviously. Yeah. And I have I have a Ferrari 456, which is not a super crazy car, but it's a great chassis and, and great transmission and everything. And I asked him, I said, look, I've got this 456. Could you rebody it in a Zagato style for me today in a way that, that we could kind of do something together? And they go, you know, we don't really like to work with Ferrari. There's too much kind of, you know, mm-hmm. you know, loaded weight with that. And it would cost you a million euros minimum, blah, blah, blah. But we have this thing because they also know that I like Porsche that's coming and I was like look like I have no idea how much it's going to cost I probably can't afford it but like con- consider me interested and then they sent me the details and I was like fuck yes like just doing this like and I, I called my I called my fiance and I was like I just spent like a lot of money and, and she's like tell me about it and in the end she's like I agree I think this is awesome like this is potentially a once in a lifetime type of thing for me second when I saw you perk up at the fiance asking for money what were your thoughts right there <laughs> okay you know my opinion is that is that we have different spheres of influence women get housewares and linens you get cars and watches. <laughs> yeah, that's but right. that's very nice that you asked her know, and she exceeded. Don't you think in the fiancé stage, like when you're – remember at the fiancé stage when you were there, aren't you trying to be like, hey, let's do all this stuff together? <laughs> you're not married. You haven't got to the – it takes such a long time to get to that. I'm just going to buy cars and not even tell her when I was, it, what, That was a lot of work for me to get to that place. It took me – I've been married for, what, 15 years? At least 10 years of hard work to get to the spot where I can buy something and not tell her. I was I, I, when I was engaged. I was like a, an amoeba in Darwinian evolution. <laughs> I really can't remember how stupid I was, but I was stupid. So I think that's probably all right that he ran the spire. And by the way, great that she said yes. Absolutely. And the car is going to be beautiful. And, and be so beautiful. now the next question is, yeah. you know, how did you spec it out? Because they they they. It's the Italians are wonderful. They're an emotional people. <laughs> this build is very emotional. It it's is. very loosey goosey. It's not. They're way it's, ahead of us on money. <laughs> oh yeah, are they ahead on you? Oh yeah, <clears throat> you know, <throat> yeah. And every time we're sending euros over there, we're like, well, why? Why was it so much? Exactly. Because the Euro US conversion. All right, and you're sending no it to pictures. other people, like not them. You're sending it to, like the. And the then Coast it gets rejected. <laughs> We've had a couple of payments rejected because of fraud. And we're like, and the apologies, and now they've disappeared. And I'm like, can you send more pictures of this thing? We've never seen a picture. I've seen a couple pictures, but I thought they would frighten you, so I didn't send them to you. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> let's not. You're afraid. I oh, said, you're afraid of sending them to me. No, I look. I believe in these guys. Obviously, I love what Zagato does. I've always dreamed of owning something Zagato, sure. like that Ferrari 250 Zagato oh, double yeah. bubble is yeah. my favorite car in the world. Yep. All right, they just you know they're not at a stage where. They're, they're at a stage where now they're, gonna, they're sending the chassis over to Zagato, and they're going to build the aluminum body of right. this car, which is going to be stunning. Mm-hmm. So the, I, I want the first picture to be really exciting for everybody, for you, Zuckerman. I want you to be excited about this. So I will send it to you when they have it. And I sent Paolo there. I said, Paolo, we're, we're the type of people who want 200 pictures. Yep. Just send us a ton of these things, whatever you want. The guys in the shop, the rubber glove pointing and the stuff, <laughs> somebody banging on metal. Fake it. I don't care. Just send us pictures. We, this is what we do. This is what we love to talk about did you ask for professional photos of this yeah not professional but i just said anything so so we, we have a magazine obviously and this would be an amazing story for our magazine and i said hey right, Paolo, right. Like, i would love to have like professional images of my car being built either for us or triple zero or, or somebody else you know somebody some beautiful yeah, yeah. Print product and they go okay that'll be great you know we, we can do that for you it'll be twenty thousand euros Twenty really? And I was like, a... I swear to God. Okay. And I was like, with respect, uh... you know, like, come on. Uh, and so I was like, look, I've got photographers that we work with all over Europe. Like, can I just send a guy there? And they're like, yeah, sure, we can do it. And so we are going to be taking our own photos of it. Oh, but the, the original proposal was 20,000 euros to take these photos. And it would be a beautiful <gasps> little book and all that. But, you know, mm, Zucker, they're Italian. I don't like that. That, yeah. uh, the Italian, uh, what does that have to do with it? Uh, honestly, a lot. <laughs> so wait, so let's get back to your car. How, yeah. What colors are you doing? So it's going to be a uh, kind let's, of a mid- You don't want to announce it. No, of course. It's, uh, it's like a gunmetal gray, uh, like oh, a slate gunmetal right. gray. With a black interior? No, I'm doing brown. Brown oh, interior. Ooh, that's yeah. sophisticated. Yeah, this man know. is a connoisseur. I'm trying, you know? Yeah. And what year was your donor car? Because they're taking actual old 356s. Correct. Ours was a 1960 356B. Yep. 61, right. I thought. No, 60? I think it was 60. It okay. was one year off the 59. I'll have yeah. to look it up. It was a horrible looking, 
horrible old Dador. comb. Absolutely. <laughs> I got those photos as well. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it was... Uh, you got the same photos yeah. of the same donor car. <laughs> Probably. Was it was it teal, your car? Uh, it was a darker blue. Okay, there you blue. go. So it's a different car. But it had a, it had a Canadian title. Now, wait. So are they taking the original engine and hot-rodding the engine, or are they throwing so new engines f- in there? For me, uh, I chose to... Le- so it's a matching numbers car, matching number chassis. Right. So I'm leaving it stock. They're, they're, they're not souping up the engine in any way. They're just cleaning it and redoing it... Uh, you know, well, it's quite a big that. jump from the pictures of the engine I saw. They're not going to throw that old rusty piece of crap in there. I they... think they will. I think they're going to do a total refurb on it and then throw it in. Uh, no, they've had, I've seen pictures in the shop, and the engines look brand new in that car. I don't know. I mean, the, the, the way that I spec mine was I wanted a matching numbers car. Right, um, right. So I believe it is the, the same engine from, from the original donor car. That doesn't make sense. They, well, they, it, they might be able to take the real engine and polish it up. And re- I, I thought they were rebuilding the engines, and that's what 356 in Italy is doing. What is it, 356 Specialist? Is that what like they're that. called? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. I can't imagine Clever there's man, a 356 yeah. Specialist in Italy. But <clears throat> they were, you know, the pictures, I actually did get a picture of five of the engines from the car, and they were beautiful, brand-new, shiny engines. I'm, I'm pretty sure, almost 90% sure that these are the original engines. Yeah. I think they're doing a total, like, you know, rework. <clears> yeah, them, they are. I think they are. That's what they're, they're, sure. they're building them up. So that's going to be beautiful. I can't wow. wait. I just wonder, you know, how are these cars going to drive? And now, so Zagato mm-hmm. then is going to build the body. Correct. And they 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 build a whole a brand new aluminum body that they put on top of it. What else do they do? Uh, I mean, the interior and the body. So I mean, the only so thing gonna, that stays the right, same right. Is, is the chassis, really, chassis and engine. You know, I know why he's saying twenty thousand euros for the photographs. Did you see that original set of photographs they did with a the car? Did, They're yeah. gorgeous. They were like holograms. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah they were floating architectural in air. backgrounds. Yeah. That's what he thinks. So it, it would have been that company that <clears throat> doing the doing the photographs right. For it. That's why he's saying yeah, that. No doubt. <clears throat> no doubt. And those pictures are absolutely stunning. That, that's what sold me on the car, honestly. Right. Those photos. And what is your plan for this car when do you get yours, what is yours? Uh, so mine could be delivered as early as may uh in italy mm. uh and so yeah, right in italy <laughs> yeah, in italy right. well so i mean it, it's in may milan what year exactly uh so <laughs> I, I i'm lucky enough to to get to go to the villa d'este the, the concours on lake como most years when is that uh it's it's in may so it's usually memorial Ooh. day weekend uh and it Zuckerman. is just a beautiful car show it's yeah on, no, it's, i know i you know i've always dreamt of going i love that uh and so i i try to go to that each year long and so sponsors it so i get to go with them so my goal this year <clears> and i told them when i ordered the car i want it ready for villa d'este this year so i could fly into milan pick it up in milan and then drive it Dude, to like he's way ahead of us i'm trying here man yeah. that's an unbelievable plan aspirations so. why don't we go zuckerman you should go i've, I've always wanted to go see that show our friend Sirio is always there <laughs> mm. we can go but how do we get there we could get there this show is spectacular it's what insane. a beautiful it, what what are the dates uh it's usually memorial day weekend that long oh, weekend that's what makes it and it's on like homo i mean like when you go to that and can you, you imagine Pebble, what your life is going to be like if your car is delivered I can't. It's too There's much. There's a too lot much of things. I anticipate 2019. <laughs> I mean, that could be a high point of your life. It, it could be. It Picking really up that be. car and drive. It all so could be a terrible low point when you drive the car and it drives horribly. You know, drive it it needs another something. year's worth of work. Yeah. And the brakes don't. You hit the pedal, goes to the floor, and you go right into the water exactly. off the pier. The thing is, though, I mean, they they, <laughs> they actually recommended coming to Italy and driving it to do like break-in <clears> period, and oh, then they see did. if we wanted to tune it before they shipped it back. Oh once boy. it's in the U.S., I can't get it tuned, at least by them. You know. Really. Yeah, well, I, I would guess we have the people to sort that car out I, right I here. I right? now think that our tuners will be better than their tuners. There's yeah, but but boy, what a proposition, Zuckerman, flying into Milan and trying out that car and getting it right. You should I mean, it. we should do that, you right? You definitely should. You yeah. know, we only live Absolutely. life once. All right. <clears throat> I've got to get the listener questions, so people are going to be really pissed. And uh, as I said before, <clears throat> lots of people want to ask all of us questions, but especially you. Um, Brian J. Gold wants to know, uh, what is the ultimate suit watch? Ooh, okay. Uh, there are several. Um, you know, it all depends on, on what kind of environment we're, we're talking about here. But, I mean, any gold day date would look cool, the suit. But it, if you, you really got to go for it, though. You got to be in, like, a flashy suit, like a three-piece, something like that. Well, I've often wondered, do you wear a uh, metal band with a suit? So, is that okay? Or do you go? You have to wear the leather band? I, it, it all depends on the setting. Like, I, I know a lot of guys in New York that wear kind of, like, informal suits, if that's a if that's a thing. I think it is now. Uh, and so with a band, I would say it is okay. But short of that, you know, any Langa, any Patek, uh, any uh, Jorn, you know, really high-end dress watches on a on a crocodile strap. I don't typically wear black straps. I also don't typically wear crocodile straps. I do kind of like vintage Italian calf leather. Uh, and I think that just kind of dresses things down. But right. thin, manually wound watches. You know, when I first met Zuckerman, he was wearing a big, uh, what was it, the big Rolex, uh, not the Submariner, the Sea Dweller. No. <laughs> and I first... said, <clears throat> you know, you look you look crazy with that watch with your suit. He said, very well-dressed man, but he's got this giant and diving I, and watch. I had on. an explanation for you. 
And he had a good explanation. Said, Go ahead. You can tell him. Okay. I'm going to tell you that as a policeman has a uniform, he has a gun, he has a cop car, a personal injury lawyer has a uniform as well, which is a nice suit, a Porsche, and a big, giant Rolex because you're not going for subtlety with your clients. That's your clients fair. want to understand that you're going to get them the money. And and what a better symbol than a giant Oreo cookie, double stuff cookie Rolex on your hand. But I get tired of looking at it because it I said it didn't make sense for me. I don't want to have to see it. So I got him into this Daytona. I bought mine. Yeah. And I said, look at this thing. And he goes, get me one. Just go get me one. Yeah, and I, and go I got him that. that one. And it's beautiful. It's the best. It's it made does, your life. Look at how does, handsome you look right and now. I, and, and granted, it does fit under your sleeve better yeah, than a deep sea dweller. Now, why? Deep, explain to me. Why that's a forty millimeter watch, and this is a forty millimeter watch, but yep. this one feels bigger than that one. It feels like it doesn't sit right. It sh- it shouldn't. I mean, could uh... be your little tweezer like <laughs> wrist. <laughs> <laughs> These are very delicate wrists. I don't know. If wow! I, look can at that. I, can put I it on. Zuckerman is putting on the yellow can gold I watch. Pu- look at the salesman. <laughs> oh, you look you you look sharp. You look, look sharp. Move your it. green tea bottle there. Shut the fuck up. Look at that. Oh, what do you that's, think? Dude, that's can I do great. it? Great. Yeah. Oh no. Get me right. You can buy this one. Do you want to buy this <laughs> I one? I want to buy from him. I don't want to buy from his competitor. Uh, he Come is on, not a this... watch seller in that sense. He just does that. This watch is a chronic caliber watch. I can sell you this watch right now. Are you, are you interested what, okay, in it? What would you tell me to buy if I needed a, wanted a gold watch? Honestly, you want a gold watch on a gold bracelet? Yes. A Rolex. Either a Rolex and then that. Day date with a standard champagne dial. Dude, or that, dude that looks great on your arm right they now. They do special dial colors <clears> as well. <throat> What would you what would you recommend? So this is the classic, but they do a black dial that's very nice. Of course, uh, they do a green dial. It's an anniversary watch. No, 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 no. no. I mean, this is the one. This is the standard. <clears throat> the one. reason you like that, and the reason I like it is because if you're going to go gold, you go gold you everywhere. Go gold. go gold on the dial. You gold just want gold. it to pop, and boy, does that thing pop from here. We now I want to wear this. We should each, you know, and this is the syndrome we talk about. Did, have you ever noticed that you can't tell how good looking your watch is on your own wrist? It's, <laughs> it's only, only on somebody, on somebody else's, else's wrist. Yeah. That you go, wow, that's, that's why a I want you to buy watch. this so I can look at it like that. We should but. each have one and then go to Nobu uh, in Malibu and see <laughs> in how many ladies descend upon <clears> us. <throat> okay, here's another question because not everybody can afford uh, this watch, Zuckerman. We'll set you back $29,000 at Crown of Caliber, pre owned but beautiful as new. Um, but not everybody can afford that. Uh, what's the best starter watch to buy that's Swiss under $2,000? Can mm. be new or pre-owned, and that's from Scott Polkowski. <laughs> uh, so probably the best answer to that specific question would probably be a vintage Omega, which you could find from Ooh, anywhere yeah. from 400 to to $1,000. Uh, service is tricky, a lot of refinished dials, etc. If you're going to go new, probably Longines uh, makes a really nice watch because they are technically in-house because they're owned by Swatch. I would say, however, probably the best uh, in-house watch under 2000 is not Swiss. It's German, and it's Nomos. Uh, Nomos makes a hell of a watch for around Never heard of watch. that. They're Have on you? your site. They're, They're on your site. site. They're you amazing. see a lot of them on Hodinky. The uh, Speedmaster, they've been making that forever, right? Since the mid-60s, 1957, right? in fact. 57. Yeah. It's a beautiful Classic dial. Classic, manly. It's kind of like the 911. It has it not is. changed that much. So there are lots of those. Are, can you get one of those in that price range? You can probably find an automatic one, which is probably not the one you would want. Right. Uh, you want the manually wound one. Right. Um, but you can find an automatic one for probably around 2500 to 3000 Wow, it's, it's amazing. You would think they've made millions of these things, and they should they, be pretty inexpensive. <laughs> uh, Speedmasters are getting hotter and hotter by the year because the, the vintage Daytonas are just stratospheric at this point. Right. Uh, so everybody else that can't afford that is going into Speedmasters. Now, look, here's someone just right right after that, Escape Road said, is the Speedmaster, the 911 of watches. And I just said that. It pretty much yes, is. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. And I said that organically. Um, Would a vintage Daytona be too small on my wrist? No, definitely not. Vintage Daytona, mm. I think, is the best wearing watch ever made. What do you say? I, I think so. Yeah, I, I do. I, I just, I've seen right. mine on yours and it looks a little dainty, but as long as you're enjoying it, what does it matter? That's exactly right. Right? You should try it. Vintage Daytona I is I think, special. Zuckerman, this thing. Just knowing you, we can we can confer after the podcast, and I can tell you a few more reasons why. But I think this watch on you, it would really change your life in a wonderful way. I should get a dollar sign belt buckle. Too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, so someone has an Octavia question. Well, you know, uh, Caliber 11 just did that little jam Zipper. with Tag Heuer. Yeah, uh, sweet. And I'm getting one of those watches. Are you getting one of those watches? You care uh, about that? It, it's a the new... 
Tag Hoyer, Sifit, Sifford Octavia. They're going to make a hundred of them. Yeah. It's beautiful. Go to Caliber11.com. Check it out. It, it's cool. I'm probably not going to buy one. Uh, I used to own an original one way back when. Uh, mm-hmm. It was the type of watch where like six years ago, it was like, I think I paid $3,200 yep. for it. Sold it for nine. Now it's probably worth 20 Me too. Um, so I probably won't, to be honest. Uh, it's That that case is a little big for me. Um, I would it, probably it's do it. It's a little high, right? It's a little, little hefty. Yeah. Yeah, they little still chunky. haven't figured out what Rolex has figured out with that Daytona. They lay it flat on you, and we're going to love that. Yeah. Um, it seems like there are a lot of watchmakers that are making these one-offs, mm-hmm. these like 100 or a little batch of 200. Yeah. Is that a trend that's happening? It, and, it and is. Why? Uh, you know, I think it's, you know, we, we've done six or seven different limited editions with Tag Heuer, Vacheron, Nomos, you name it, uh, Zenith. Uh, and it's one of those things where you take a very particular like type of, of, of aesthetic and uh, like just apply it to something that currently exists. And then like our audience is very different than like a Crown and Caliber audience mm-hmm. or a Revolution audience or whatever. And so our guys really dig our vintage aesthetic. Uh, and it's one of those things where you're creating special products products nobody wants to buy the same thing that everybody else has uh, and that was a real problem with with rolex and omega for for so long is that they were making pretty much five different models and everybody had them uh, so these like smaller batch limited editions go a long way in giving making people feel like they have something special what would make your ideal dream car watch pairing oh, this is for all of us oh, <laughs> there you go Bill, vic alford from uh, it's it's Worley 18 remember folks put your name in the question and then i'll say your name but yeah. I, I don't know what an it's Worley 18 is but his example is and this is a nice one 73 Carrera RS mm. in Gulf Blue. Yeah. yeah. And a 73 Rolex GMT Master with a Pepsi bezel. I, I love the car. I don't like the watch in that pairing. Mm. I, do, I do not agree with you, sir. <laughs> I would uh, I would put you in some sort of the Sifford Octavia. Yeah. I'd put you in the old Hoyer for that watch. Yeah. Right? So this, this is something that I obviously have given a lot of thought to. Uh, you know, because that's like my entire, like, the so essence of my being right ultimate here. Ultimate yeah. car, ultimate it, watch it's, pairing. It's tricky. So I've got a few cars and a bunch of watches. I, I think of what watch goes with all of my cars all the time. And so I've already got those kind of, you know, locked in. And I think for me, it would probably be uh, an Alfa Romeo 1900 Zagato, mm. uh, which is like a late 50s car. He with, really is a fucking kind of service <laughs> yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, that would pair with an Eberhard split second chronograph with a two-tone dial. Wow. Uh, he, he is so out here. He is so genius. <clears throat> at what does that even look like? Can you can you Google up a picture? Uh, of that? Yeah, I can see sure. what you're talking about. Uh, so and I, so can, I, I can one, buy so. one on the way we'll home. Go, okay, and, and I show see us that a watch. picture of your, your Lancia Flaminia, too. Okay. We want to see that. That is also, uh, Ferris, and you missed that comment. No, I know. I've seen that car. It's a beautiful car. I want to see the watch. But he, again, Zuckerman, you can take this. It doesn't have to be a car you own. What what what's the ultimate car and watch pairing? If you were going to pick one of each, what would you wear? Like, are, already I, I kind of know where I'm at. I'm, I'm always go- a, I'm always a Daytona of some vintage, some some mm-hmm. Daytona chronograph. Yeah, always. I would go I would go uh, Ferrari 250 short wheelbase, Bruce yeah. Myers car. The one that won 61. Oh, look at that. Look at That's that very thing. special. We're looking at that. What is this? An Eberhard? Eberhard, split second, with a wow. crazy silver two-tone dial. It's that insane. is amazing. That is there's certain, there's certain deco quality to it. Yeah. yeah. I can see how that matches that, that funny mustache face of the front of the Alpha, <laughs> exactly, right? Exactly. Beautiful. And this, so this is a split second, so you know, a, <clears throat> yes. a double chronograph. Uh, and this watch was made in the 40s. It's just amazing. And it's 40 millimeters. It's super thin. It's just an amazing watch. And what does something like that set you back? That um, is gorgeous. That prob- is unbelievable. Today, probably like 120,000. 120, really? Yeah. Whoa. Like that. Yeah. That's all. And he says that the, <laughs> and that the car guys have more money than the watch guys. Today. 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 Yeah, Everybody back then, wants when I bought it, much less. All right. That is just an amazing, amazing dial. It is. Wow. Roscoe, oh, and Roscoe. I think, uh, wants to know our position. On turbulence, turbulence, <laughs> turbulence, turbulence. I think you know my position. <laughs> what are they? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't give a shit about complications. I yeah. don't. I don't. It doesn't excite me in any way. I kind of like to watch the videos about how they work, but yeah. that's about it. I don't get off on owning one. What about you? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I'm around them enough, and I'm around the Swiss enough to appreciate what goes into them, and it's insane. I mean, like, the, the quality of the yeah. craftsmanship is remarkable. Uh, I don't own one. I owned one once. I own an FP Jean Turbion. It lasted for about, I think six weeks uh, and then sold it uh, I'm not a turbine guy as well I do like some complications but I like useful complications like split seconds perpetual calendars things like that so I'm not not huge on turbines <clears> but I respect <throat> that they're there you know alright so again lots of recommendations for watches that people want to buy in the different categories here's the sub $10,000 range from Chris Gervat <laughs> he uh, needs a watch as a wedding gift for my soon to be wife I think mm. we all know what that watch would be right 
that's probably the 36 millimeter yellow gold yep. Rolex day, uh, President Day Date. Can't right? go wrong. I mean, Can't that, go wrong. That watch will be cool <clears throat> in 50 years, 100 years. Every, every young lady, every wife out here in the west side of L.A. Uh, buys that watch, the 36 millimeter. I'm convinced Rolex made the 40 millimeter so the men could get this watch back and start wearing this it. That's true. But this watch looks beautiful. I bought one for my wife yeah. after our second child. She absolutely loves it. What... <clears throat> Mine was a little more than $10,000. Right. So how do you – and by the way, you don't buy these things new. You don't need to buy them new. You can buy them pre-owned. They've mm-hmm. been making them for a while. What, what years are we talking about in the 10, 10 or less range? In 10 or less? Really anything modern. So like 1990s and, and, and So later. 1990s, right. And where do you recommend you go for that watch? Can, you can do all right on eBay, right, buying one of those watches? You, you could. I mean, <clears throat> to be honest with you, I probably wouldn't. So he, here's my philosophy on buying a watch as a gift. Uh, I actually prefer to buy brand new from an authorized dealer for a gift because, like, it really. It, it, but you're that's going to take us out of the ten thousand dollar category. Not necessarily. Uh, if you're doing solid gold, yes. Yeah. But if you're doing steel gold. or something. Okay, like that, so it's let's a take thing. it into a brand new watch yeah. for his wife as a wedding gift, sub ten thousand. What do you recommend? I would do the same watch in steel or two tone, something okay. like that. Uh, th- because the idea of having a watch with with you know your wife's name or your name on the papers, date of the day you get married, blah blah blah, I think is compelling. So that that's what I do when I buy new watches. Uh, when my nephew was born, I bought him a Daytona, for example, and his name's on the papers, and you know it's dated to the day that he was born. There you go. That's very cool. Thoughtful. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What is Ben's go-to cheap watch? Cheap watch. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm talking really cheap. Uh, 86 Flat 6 wants to know. Timex, Seiko, what is your – like I recently bought that – that swatch that you guys put out. So that's up that there, one-off for sure. swatch, and yep. that was $150. 150 bucks. It's automatic. It's Swiss-made. That's definitely up there. Uh, what is that watch called again? The System 51. System 51, yeah. and because it's made of 51 parts. 51 components, right. all machine-made in Switzerland. And it's a, it's an automatic watch it that is. self-winds. It's got that little swirly, hypnotic thing on the back. It My does. kids love that watch. Yeah. I really like that watch. It's but great. I own a couple of your special watches, you right? You do, yeah. I also own the, uh, the... The Skipper, the tag. The Hoyer Skipper, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, that was a great drive. That's a good one. Do you know what I was I, – I believe I was in a uh, Maritime Blue 964 driving out to Malibu, Japanese sunroof delete. And when I caught, saw that watch on your site at a stoplight, that's what I'm doing. I'm looking at watches on your site. <laughs> oh, legal <laughs> that's driving. Somebody is, yeah. And then I started moving. When I stopped again, I texted you. I was like, Ben, what the hell is this watch? It was gorgeous. Why didn't you tell me about I want one of these? And you go, our list is really long. <laughs> It's really long. So th- we've done all. We've done like six or seven <laughs> limited editions. That has the longest waiting list of, of any of them. Oh I think we're over God. like it two or three thousand people. Yes, that watch is gorgeous. It, it is, is. It is one stunning. of my favorites. So how many of these one-off things are you going to do? A, a, a bunch a year? Yeah, and- we'll probably shoot for probably one a quarter, maybe three per year. You know, really ranging from a swatch, which is one hundred and fifty dollars. We did one with Vacheron and Laurent Ferrier above wow. sixty thousand. I last saw year. that watch. It's beautiful. Um, you know, so we want to do a little bit of something for everyone, but probably one a quarter. He's really made something out of nothing. You were so, <laughs> you were so lucky 2008 happened You're telling you. me, man. You're telling yeah. me. I, I mean, love these stories. I, How do you make money on that site? What, is it advertising? So is it selling watches? Adver- Where's the money coming in from? Advertising is the biggest margin, obviously, because we're, right. we're creating the content anyway, so if people want to run ads against it, great. That's just, just money in our pocket. Um, advertising is a big chunk of it. The straps, the accessories, is, is a pretty big business. And now you've um, got a magazine component Magazine, up. which we sell ads in as well. Uh, and then, you know, we do vintage watches, which is really just for fun. We don't make anything on it. Uh, and then, you know, we think we're kind of changing the conversation with new watch retail online. Uh, so everything is a race to the bottom with, with price in the traditional retailer set. We want to kind of flip it and go race to the top with service. Uh, and so we do stuff like you can store all of your paperwork digitally online, uh, free insured shipping overnight anywhere. Like if you buy if you buy a Rolex from any dealer in, in L.A. probably and you don't like it and return it, you don't get your money back. You get a store credit. Like what are you going to do with a $20,000 store credit, which is just fucking insane. You know, right. if you buy a pair of shoes, you don't like them, you get your money back. So I've been buying watches at retail and elsewhere for 10 years now, and I just saw all these like ridiculously overlooked pain points and said, let's just fix them all. Uh, and so we're selling Vacheron Constantin online. We're selling um, uh, Tag Heuer online. We're selling Zenith all these great brands uh, and we're doing it online at full price and which people didn't think w- would be possible but it is if you have an mm-hmm. audience that, that trusts you what do you think about these guys who have these watch loaning programs there's a, 
what is that? Eleven. There's James. eleven James. Who I, I, you know, I know the founders of these companies really well. It's a the small idea world. is, he, you know, you give them six hundred bucks, they'll send you yeah. a Rolex for a month. Uh, it's not a, not the worst idea I've heard. It, it's not, but like for me, watches again are so personal. Like I just like you yeah. know, companies send us watches to try it all the time. I never want to wear them. I want to wear my own shit. You know, right. just like I want to drive my own cars. Yeah. Except for when I'm in L.A. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, it's one of those things where I I understand it. I know that a big part of their business is corporate. So like they'll they'll sell memberships to, like a group at Morgan Stanley, and then they give them to analysts so that they can wear the Rolex out to the club and, and oh, for like christ's sake yeah, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so it's not for me but i, I get it you, it's like doggy treats it's so <laughs> it's bizarre to me um lots of people asking the same best car and watch pairing best car yeah. and watch pairing best car and watch pairing um again zuckerman people want to know what we think of that singer 911 it's it's now stop i'll tell you rob dickinson's coming on the show that's what we think of it and i like and i like all about it and and zuckerman you can get into it with him because i know you've had you've criticized some of these uh these car interiors but i think when you meet rob and he tells you what he's up to i've I've known rob for over 10 years i think he is a genius what what hurts me is how few 964s are out there and how they provide the base for yeah. his interpretation of of a Porsche. And it's such a – can't he pick on a car that's – a version of the car yeah. that is more common? <clears throat> Aren't they making an RSR now? Is but they are they using to... 964s as a base. So yeah. Look how few there are already. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. well, that just makes the ones you own more valuable. Uh, okay, I know. As uh, they destroy them, your car goes up in value. Just keep it quiet. It's the other, but and and it's not necessarily Rob. It's everyone else that's trying to do what he does at a fraction of the price that really fucks everything. Yeah, the guys who are really screwing the cars up, right? And that happens. That happens. uh, So the way a singer, like if if you've been to one, you know that they're incredible to drive. Right. The the quality is amazing, but the idea of doing something that's not factory has always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It's like you know wearing like a Bamford Rolex, and Bamford is a great guy, but like I'm just not. Not going to do that because it's, it's make kind it, of yeah. a conceit. I it can is, do yeah. I can do Porsche better than Porsche. Exactly, exactly. Um, but I would take my Octavia. Like I, so I have that Hoyer uh, Octavia Cup Octavia, mm-hmm. the O2. I, I don't even know what to call that watch. What do I call that watch? <laughs> I think it is. What is the name of it? It's, it's Tag t- Hoyer t- Caliber O2 something or something or something. Tag Hoyer Heritage Caliber O2 yeah. Octavia Octavia Cup yeah. watch. So I have the new Sifford coming and I have the old one. I, w- I was thinking I might send it to Bamford and really do something fucking crazy with it. So you, you should. If you have multiple <laughs> if you have multiple things, it's I'd not say an go expensive watch. Exactly. And why not just do something goofball with it? And that's the thing. Watches are about having fun. And if you've got multiple of them, I'd say go for it. Um, but watches, when you're talking about singers, multiple of the same model. Uh, but having fun. Yeah, the singers, though, the, the cars I've driven are just excellent. They're new. They're put together. They're yeah. Obviously, whoever's building these cars is obsessive-compulsive. No question. Because, and have you driven one yet, Suckerman? I have not driven right. one. I've seen them. I think, I think really, again, Rob is a true genius. Oh, and stop every, kissing his ass. I'm not fucking powdering I'm his gonna balls. Get you, I'm going to get you. I'm just saying. <laughs> yes, you are. Get out of his Fuck pants. You. You're, Piece of shit. I'm going to get you a test drive. I know how you enjoy a car, and I think you'll be very impressed. I drove some of the early ones, and I drove... Drove uh, one of the recent builds, and it's incredible. It's really incredible. Like I was, everything I thought before, forget it. I thought these guys are out of their minds with perfection, and you will appreciate half a million dollars. Well, let's forget about the money. (laughs) Half a million. What is it? Why why are you concerned? Something that's what is it? Why are you concerned with money? You make a lot of money. I got to go make some more. You're taking too much of my time. (laughs) So, are you guys? So, I don't know anything about this. You guys doing the Malibu cars and coffee on Sunday? (laughs) What? Uh, What? what, Is it Trankus? Yeah. Do you, do, do you guys do that? Uh, I, I don't want to get up, compete for a parking spot at okay. 5.30 in the morning. So what but was, you should definitely go. Because I'm not here that often. We'll you know? meet you afterwards. We'll meet you Bills. afterwards at Bill's in the Malibu country. So what market. I was going to say, my friend that lives here in, in Malibu has a singer, and he's going to drive it on Sunday. Ooh. So if you want to check it out, there you're more you than go. welcome to. Eh, yeah. We don't want to check it out that much. <laughs> but you're going to go. Uh, it's it's the Friday before the Lit Show. You're going to be there uh, Saturday morning, right, well, for the Lit Show. Morning, yeah. We'll be there a little later on. It's going to be fantastic. You should have some sun. Um, and as we said before, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be after that show. It's okay. definitely worth seeing once since you're out here. You're yeah. in tourist mode. You're going to have a good time. <laughs> it's going to then... crack you up. It's, it's like so many of these guys come to the show with their little box of shit like it's the Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> they think that they've got the most valuable nuts and bolts yeah. in the world. <laughs> and then I love the people who've been waiting all year to hand Jerry a letter. 
or or some oh, other. Oh wait, wait, wait! This is the lit show. This yeah. isn't the Trankish oh, show. Oh, we're talking about the lit show. Yeah. yeah. So just so if you don't know what we're talking about, every year uh, there's this thing called the Porsche Literature and Memorabilia Show, and it's down at the airport, down at LAX, in the Hilton or the Hyatt, one the of Hilton, those. The Hilton, yeah. and it used to be down in the basement, and it's steamy, and it's really this insider kind of Porsche uh, guy event where there are vendors from around the world, and you know, license plate frames and posters, and it's really I don't know. I feel it's like it's one of the last events that's not contaminated with outsiders, right, Zuckerman? Yeah, it's just it's, like it's, a, it's, it's a who's who yeah. of Porsche people, and right? It's very incestuous, and there's been some there's been some it, crossbreeding in there. There's some <laughs> definite people that don't get enough sunlight. It's all of the crazies. It's akin to a Star Wars convention, it is. but without J.J. <laughs> Abrams or any of the real people involved, it's just the nuts. It's all of us. And you go there, they don't take credit cards generally. So now they they do, but back in the day, you'd have to fill your pockets full of cash and you can buy original keychains from the 70s posters that one part that you've been missing i bought overrider bumpers for my speedster there one year and uh you know a lot of talking a lot of bad breath um <laughs> and uh you know you, you, you end up leaving with a bunch of stuff you don't need but it's That's but it's fun and yeah. it's really for us it's the first real car event of the year Got like it. this is the beginning of the car season yeah, well i wouldn't miss it for sure and it's going to be raining which kind of sucks and but whatever. It'll makes it steamier. What time are you going to go, worse. Zuckerman? When are you going to go? I've got to put my kid in the car for his PSAT tomorrow morning at about... That's a prostate set. test? Yes. And, <laughs> okay. uh, and after that, I'm coming down. So, that, so let's be there about 9 or 10. Okay. That's good. That's good. Not too early. Yeah. Well, Ben... Sir, good to see you, man. You too, man. We're I, we're all having dinner, right? When are we doing that? Uh, Tuesday week? night. Tuesday, Tuesday night. night. And what is that going to be? Zuckerman's so that, coming too, right? Yes, I did RSVP. Uh, is this going to be? You know, we're not the type of people who are comfortable at dinner parties. This is not right? really a dinner party. This is well, I shouldn't say that. This is really <laughs> it's absolutely a dinner party. Uh, you know, it's really just us, like the people that we don't get to see all that often. Okay. We invited them all uh, to dinner, and, that's and we're just going to hang out. That's and where is it? nothing else? Uh, I don't know. I can text you. And uh, right. this has all happened because the people listening. This has already happened. But it's history. Like it's it, about it's, to be past tense, right? Yeah. If we get poison, food yeah. poisoning, we all die. This is voice from the, what? What? I'm going to be nervous about my watch choice. What should I wear? Uh, what watch choice? Something awesome for sure. Something I mean, something awesome. that's like you know that I would say put on put on your finest. Tudor sure. uh, Submariner. That's cool. French Navy. Yes. Marine Nationale. Is that all right? That's a good huh? one. Mm-hmm. Oh, box yes. and papers. Box and pa- bring the box and papers. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. The decommissioning papers. Should I bring them? Hmm? Pin it to my blazer like this and go, yeah, that's real. Are there still guys with trench coats and watches Absolutely. inside? Definitely. Really? Oh, You've yeah. seen them? Look, I mean, vintage, vintage watch sellers are really like, they're one step above like heroin dealers. You know, okay. like they are, they are really like, they're cutthroat guys, like old school guys. Uh, you know, Crown and Caliber and other guys have been able to kind of like elevate the game a little bit. But the guys that are selling the really good stuff are still dudes that are, you know, picking at flea markets every week in Milan or whatever and then right. trying to sell them over WhatsApp to, to guys <laughs> like us, you know? Uh, it is, it's still the Wild West out there. Wow. And so, really, overcoats holding them open. I've seen it. Incredible. Usually, like Louis Vuitton backpacks. <laughs> yeah, and they <laughs> that, open. That's them popular. Up. Yeah, but then what happens <laughs> if, if there's fraud? What, there's so much fraud in watches everywhere. What? It's it's all part of it. Uh, but every- do you really, when you see these groups, and I won't mention any of them, but yeah. there there have been watch sellers that have now banded together and going, "We're the good guys, Correct. and we're only going to put our watches out there." Yeah. How do you do? You trust that process? Are people do people's reputations really matter still, or are people getting away with selling fraudulent watches? Uh, there are fraudulent watches everywhere, and it, th- there's different. So def- how do we get them checked? Uh, you really can't. And the the <laughs> the beautiful thing about it is that even like Rolex themselves sometimes don't know what they have, and then also sometimes won't say what they have. So there's really no kind of defining voice, at least with Rolex, of what's right. correct and not. Patek right. is a little bit better. Other brands are. A little and bit Rolex better. still won't service old watches. They they are actually they will service them, but it'll cost a fortune, and they. Will will try to replace everything. So I would avoid sending a really valuable vintage watch to Rolex. But then you get those service papers, and aren't those valuable? They, they are in the sense because that means that they've at least validated that it's a real thing. Right. You know? uh, but it's so risky. Because even even with people that, that are connected with Rolex, they, they will not guarantee that the dial isn't replaced. Because, in, really? in fact, they're supposed to do it. Why don't they have a classic <clears throat> department? They, they actually don't uh, want to do that. It's funny. The very first time, this is 10 years ago, I met with Rolex. I walked in wearing a vintage Samariner. I was really proud, like, blah, blah, blah. They're going to think it's so cool. They actually told me that their biggest competitor, Rolex's biggest competitor, is vintage Rolex. It's not Omega. It's not Tag Heuer. Wow, They're yeah, in the yeah. business of selling <clears throat> new watches. 
and that's it. The vintage stuff is, you know, the vintage watches that sell for 5X, 10X, a new watch, they really don't care about. They respect it and they love it, but they don't want to service <clears throat> the, that market. They want to sell you a new watch. Because they're competing with themselves. Yeah. Well, right. they need to embrace that at some point. They that's do. That's ridiculous. They do. And they're, they're starting to, you know, at the, at the the Paul Newman, Paul Newman sale in New York, uh, the head of the Heritage Department was there, which I've never seen. I've never seen right, this person right. leave Geneva to come to an auction. So they're, they're clearly paying attention. I've heard that there might be a museum coming, like a temporary museum. Uh, but they have. They have archives. They've yeah. got amazing stuff. Well, I mean, who else can verify this stuff other than them? At some point, they need to embrace it and go, look, we'll be the last stop. It's like Ferrari Classiche. Right. They, you know, it's the same, it's the same deal. Yeah. You well, have the thing to is, embrace it. The thing is, or, or not. You know, because if, if they don't, they know that people like us are not going to invest that heavily into it, and then they'll just buy a new Rolex instead. No, mm. we are. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to just tell ourselves lies and try to get this. All right. Well, Ben, thank you. Thank you, Spike. We've talked a lot about watches. We've talked lots about cars. Zuckerman's got one foot out the door. Got to make um, money. I'll see you boys <laughs> tomorrow, and I'll see you folks next week on Spike's Car Radio. Real quick before we go, here are some useful car tips you might not be aware of. A coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior. Removing excess weight from your car will improve your gas mileage, and you can place your key fob to your chin and increase its range. Weird, right? Well, here's another tip you also might not know about. True Car also helps people get used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just for buying new cars with their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience whether you buy new or used and with two car users can see what others paid and with two car users can see what others paid so they know if they're getting a good deal before they're buying they're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with true car certified dealers when you're ready to buy a new car or used car check out true car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience some features not available in all states but you know that thanks for listening to spikes car radio download new episodes every wednesday on the podcast one app or subscribe now at apple podcasts or podcast one.com